and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce to you this week's guest, Carly Valancey. Before I tell you who Carly is and what she does, I have to tell you how we met because I wholeheartedly mean this 100% that Carly has changed my life. You know when you meet those people and you're just like, I need to know them? That's how I felt about Carly. So I met Carly, I think it was January 4th, 2020. I was doing a creativity workshop with Susan Blackwell in New York City. It was like the first day that I had moved to New York City. And Carly was in the workshop and I heard her talk and I got lunch with her that day and I just fell in love with her, with her spirit, her energy, her artistry. She inspired me so much. And I met Carly that day and then the next week she invited me to come to the meditation studio that she was working at, at Inscape in New York City. And I went and she got me a job there and it was the most amazing, magical thing. And not only then were we working together at Inscape, Then during the pandemic, I joined her reach out party and it was, you know, we're going to get into the reach out party and what it is in this episode, but I think reaching out has single-handedly been the best practice that I've cultivated for myself in 2020 and being able to connect with others, ask for help, let myself be seen, all those things. We talk a lot in this episode about the importance of building a practice and whether that's a creative practice, a spiritual practice, or a reach out practice, any practice that requires you to show up will help you move through your blocks, your limiting beliefs, and that's really what we get into this episode. So Carly Valancey is an artist, community builder, dot connector, softball player, and slam poet. She is the founder of the Reach Out Party, a course where individuals with diverse minds and from seemingly disparate industries gather to cultivate connection, community, and collaboration. She is a curious questioner, nuanced communicator, and mind map lover who has experienced the power of reaching out every single business day since July 27th, 2019, and because of it has found a new world of possibility and new avenues to bring art to artless spaces. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Carly and that after this episode, you are inspired to reach out. Hi, Carly. Welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Leah. I'm very happy to be here. So the first question that I always ask everyone is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? Oh, that's a fabulous question. What is currently fueling my creative soul is finding new books finding new podcasts, finding new ways to meditate, to take care of myself. I think that, you know, I spent a lot of time this pandemic mourning the habits that I had so carefully curated and built for myself in the way that my life was before the pandemic. Mm. 
And once all of that sort of disappeared, I lost a lot of those habits and I gained new habits, but because I had to and not because I, you know, was really being careful about curating that. So I think that I'm finding new ways to take care of my mind and my body in a way that works for me within the space of the global pandemic and not comparing it to how it may have been before. Oh, that is such a good answer. And I love that you bring up the word habit because in this setting, I've been interested in talking to artists and creatives about their like rituals and routines, but that's just another word for habit. And so will you give us an overview of the habits that you are cultivating for yourself during this time and what has been helping you? Absolutely. I love the word habit and I love the idea of creating a habit because I think a a good habit is really such a beautiful thing and, and it allows us to make our lives not only bigger and better um, and stronger, but it it really cultivates our resilience mm-hmm. because building a habit is hard. And so my favorite habits of pandemic times are, you know, I, I, I practice meditation, which is really around, around how we met and connected Leia, but yes. you know, I used to really religiously practice transcendental meditation. So 20 minutes, twice a day. And in the pandemic, I, I really lost that routine. And so now I'm finding ways to meditate in small chunks throughout the day, meditate on walks. So I've been kind of obsessed with these like short form habits. Mm. So five minute habits. What can I do for five minutes that might turn my mood around? How can I, you know, usually I like make myself a cup of tea pretty much at the same time every afternoon. And it's, I'm obsessed with it. I've started taking baths. That's incredible. And I think that my, my best habits happen in really in the morning. I, I schedule out a time every morning for inspiration and ideation. So from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. every morning, every weekday morning, I sit down and read something, listen to something, or, you know, find ways to inspire myself, do some research that things that I'm curious about. And I don't do it while I'm doing anything else. So I'll have my coffee, but I'll be ready to like take notes on on what I'm working on or what I'm finding is inspiring me. So I, I schedule that out in my calendar. And then I also reach out to one new person every day. Wow. First of all, I love that. And I love that you have set these parameters for yourself. How do you do that? I think I think a lot of people wish that they could, like, I think a lot of people have a hard time sticking to a commitment, especially when it's just us who made the commitment. I mean, I know for myself in school, I excelled because people were giving me things to do, giving me deadlines, and then it was easy to hit those. But as soon as I, it was only up to me and I was the only one you know, on the back end of like receiving that time for myself, it was like, well, how do I keep the commitments that I've kept for myself. And so how do you do that? How does that look like for you? Wow, this is a great question. I feel like it definitely took me some adjustment time in the pandemic because 
I've realized that I'm sort of suffering from this accountability fatigue mm. where most everything I do, I am the only person holding myself accountable to doing that. And I live alone. So it's like I spend a lot of time alone in this pandemic. But, you know, I think that I've really, I found that I feel better when I do those things. And I feel more inspired to do other things that, you know, that I need to do. I that work places where I need to show up for others, um, spaces that I am leading, communities that I'm leading. I think that, you know, if I leave myself an hour in the morning to seek inspiration and to spend some time ideating, like really, you know, listening to a podcast and writing something down that that moves me or that sparks me, I will I will show up in a better way, like later in the day, you know? Mm. So I think that it's really about building it into your calendar and just knowing yourself, you know, how do you, how do you respond to different things in, in your life right now? And how might you work in a way to do something consistently that will fuel you and that will help you show up for the places you do have to be for other people? Yeah, that's such great advice. You mentioned, of course, that you reach out every single day, which you are the reach out queen. You've inspired me so much this year. Honestly, I would say the biggest lesson I've learned in 2020, like the biggest growth spurt that I've had is all comes down to reaching out and it comes down to like getting, I think over the past couple of years, I've had to work through a lot of fears, fears of believing in my worth, believing that I'm good enough, believing that I am enough and really stepping into my power there. And I think at the beginning of 2020, I knew that the next hurdle that I needed to jump over and the next thing that I, the next fear that I had to move through was really getting comfortable with asking for help and collaborating with other people. And I'm someone who likes to work on my own and do things on my own. And so reaching out is is and was super uncomfortable for me and honestly meeting you changed my life and now i feel like i've overcome that hurdle and it just makes me feel unstoppable as a human being so that is the impact that you've had on my life and i'm sure so many other people but before we get into all of that will you just talk about how you discovered reaching out where the journey all began absolutely wow i love this so much <laughs> So yes, I have experienced everything that you are saying you've experienced as well, which is, which I'll circle back to in a moment. But the original idea sparked from a major problem that I was having, which was I, I wanted to have a full-time job as a creative person. And I wanted to, I wanted to work, I think, I remember, you know, thinking about like, I want to work full-time with benefits and I want it to be like long lasting. I want a, a long, beautiful, exciting career as a creative artist. And, and then I, you know, I thought, you know, my long-term goals also, I, I just want to know amazing people. I want to work with collaborative, creative people. And, you know, I had this problem where I was working part-time with no benefits and I didn't know anybody. So I sort of 
I, I was having this, this major issue where I felt like I was not moving forward in my career and my personal life. And I had no guidance. So I didn't even know, like, it wasn't that I didn't know to ask for help, but I, I didn't even know who to ask for help. I was like, who do I, it seemed so, such like an enormous problem and, and hurdle. And then I came across this book called Reach Out by Molly Beck. It is a tactical networking book with a super simple idea. And that idea is if you reach out, you'll meet people. (laughs) (laughs) Simply put. (laughs) Simply put. And, uh, you know, in the book, the author Molly Beck, she writes about her story, which is a similar one. She's living in New York City. She's working in the marketing space. And she meets a person who seemingly has it all, friends with his boss, like just loving life. And she sort of recognized like, oh, this person is not necessarily smarter than I am. He just knows more people. Mm-hmm. And so she was having a problem. And so she solved her own problem by thinking, okay, how do I get from I don't know anybody to I'm friends with my boss? And so she started reaching out and she put it in her calendar to reach out every weekday and just didn't put an end date on it and just see where see where it would go. And um, she did this practice for a whole year. And, you know, in the book, she essentially states after a whole year of reaching out every weekday, skipping weekends and holidays, I reached 261 people. And I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. I don't know why I responded to that so well, but I thought, you know, as an artist, something that is sort of scary about being in this profession is that there's very little control that we have over over our careers. And at the time as a musical theater artist, primarily, I was counting on my casting director, an agent, you know, other people in the audition rooms, directors, like anyone to let me into the door. And so I have no agency over my own career, my own life. And so this felt like a way to take responsibility for what I came to New York to do. And so I started reaching out every weekday and just like that, I mean, within like, I think it was like on, you know, within 60 days, I was able to quit my part-time job that I hated and I was working full-time as an artist and I had all these benefits, which were you know, meeting and working with really interesting, cool people. I was meeting some of my heroes. I had like a free yoga membership from a reach out. It was just all these like perks, all these things that I thought really more than anything made New York feel like home. Mm. And it felt like home because I had a rooted community that was just like really rooted in curiosity and, and generosity. So I, you know, I sort of realized that, oh, this isn't as tactical as I thought it was going to be. And, you know, Molly says this too now that like when she first wrote the book, she thought of it as like a transactional practice. When you reach out, you're offering something to someone else or you're asking them a question. It's like a tit for tat, like, I give and then I get, or you give and then you get. And she said, you know, it was really after 
having this work be introduced to me and to many of the artists that now practice it, that she's realized that reaching out is actually not transactional at all. And it is more a, like a way of life. It is a way to, to open up neural pathways in your brain. It is a way to get creative about new ideas that you can create and a way to really adopt a, a framework and a mindset of possibility, especially in a time like this. So that's how it started. Okay. Yeah. Let's pause here because, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing things in this. And I, I think what you're talking about and the realization that Molly had that reaching out, she used to think was a transactional process, you know, a way of networking, a way of building your community. But now after seeing all of the amazing things that have happened in everyone's lives because of the reach out party, because of the work that you're doing, to me, it feels like a practice of manifestation. Like this is a manifestation practice. And I don't know if that resonates at all with you, but I think just like thinking about the universe and the way that the universe works and being able to set intention and know what we want, but even when we don't know what we want, but if we're doing like a daily practice, we're showing up every day in the reach out party, magical things are bound to happen. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that reach out, but something may happen, something may not happen, but it's such a practice. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's such a practice of releasing attachment to it. So you're totally releasing the outcome and you're just giving from a place of gratitude, a place of love, a place of curiosity, like you said, and then it's not up to you. It's up to either the receiver of the reach out, or if you want to get spiritual with it, the universe, and then seeing what the universe will bring back to you in return. And I mean, we can get into some of the stories that, I mean, have happened in my life, that have happened in your life, that have happened in some of the reach outs life. But like, it affirms to me that maybe reaching out is a thing, or maybe it's just having a daily practice is the thing, something that you're showing up for. But I, I love the reach out practice because it encompasses all of that. And it's like, oh, wow, this is the power of connection. This is the power of manifestation. Well, I think that it's really it's really anything that allows you to commit to this mindset of possibility and of serendipity. Mm. I think that's what a reach out practice really is. It's this sort of curiosity for surprise. It's the open-mindedness for like anything could happen. And oftentimes when you reach out, nothing might happen. But if you're doing it every day or consistently, you know, something is bound to happen. And just like the, the, the odds, first of all, you get better at it. And then the odds of something truly like life changing happening is actually pretty large. Like those, those I've seen it happen to everyone who I, you know, I've seen adopt this work, but I think that it, what it really is, is that, that childlike wonder of like anything could happen and it's like the best part of of art of seeing art of seeing theater of seeing a movie of of being totally present and and being curious about the person sitting in front of you it's it's really like you know anything could happen and i think reaching out is beautiful because it allows us to have moments that lead us in directions that then we can choose to pick up so mm-hmm. 
So even if the actual reach out doesn't, you know, let's say you're looking for a new job. If the actual reach out you send doesn't get you a job, it might lead you to a realization or an aha moment that you think, oh, you know what? Actually, these are the kind of people I want to be connecting with, which, you know, it's like a a crazy mind map. And I think what it really is, is, which I think is true about any practice, any idea that you commit, like, super seriously to it's like it gives you that enthusiasm back for life especially when life feels so uncertain and yeah. that ability to reframe crisis into opportunity that is the habit and i so i don't think it's the actual reach out at all i think it's the practice mm, i love that yeah i'm curious how reaching out and adopting this practice of reaching out has made you, has affected your relationship with your personal creativity? Oh my goodness. First of all, it's given me the belief in myself that I can, I can do a hard thing. Mm. I can build a skill, like truly from, you know, zero to a hundred. Like I can, I I think I've never had a habit like this one before where I can really track my growth and like track my progress in a way. It's given me the confidence to really connect and communicate with people that I never would have. And it's allowed me to truly find my voice, which Mm. as you know, as an artist, that is the most valuable thing an artist can do is find their voice, find their own specific thing that they they have to say and believe that that thing is good enough and and even more than that. So I think it's just really allowed me to find my voice. Yeah, wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but I wonder what are some of the common fears or the common you know, in our, in our creative process, we have these creative blocks, things that come up, limiting beliefs that stop us from creating. And I think what shows up in a reach out practice, or really, I guess, any practice that you're doing that gets you out of your comfort zone, these same blocks, these same limiting beliefs are going to come up time and time again. So specifically with reach out, what are the th- some of the things that you encountered and how were you able to move through that? Yeah. I think the biggest fear I had was a fear of people's opinions, Mm. which I think is a a fear that does not relate only to a reach out practice. But yeah, I was worried about what people might think of me. And, Mm. you know, I really had this sort of my imposter syndrome was huge. Like in my head, before I sent every reach out, especially if it was someone I really, really admired and cared about their opinion, you know, I would, I would think my imposter syndrome would say to me, who do you think you are to reach out to blank? So this idea of like, who do you think you are? You're not smart enough. You're not ready enough. You don't know enough. You're, you're not far along enough, or you are behind where you should be. I mean, all of these things that our imposter syndrome tells us that are universal, like I'm sure everyone, you know, sure, if you're listening to this right now, you have experienced this feeling many times. And so that was the biggest roadblock that I came up against was my imposter syndrome telling me that I wasn't, you know, who who was I to reach out to whoever. Yeah. 
I can definitely relate to that. Definitely have experienced that, still experience it at times, always, you know, it's not always a linear path, but when those thoughts comes up, when you feel your imposter syndrome really strong, what do you do to counteract that and how do you move through it? Well, like you just said, you know, you still experience it. So do I. I've been reaching out now for like 380 something days and I absolutely experience this all the time. And the newest one that's come up for me is, you know, I don't want it to sound blank. So like if I'm writing now, I'm not worried about hitting send. I'll, I've been doing it for long enough now that I'm confident enough to actually write it and send it. But it was in like writing the draft of this message to a person that I thought like, oh, well, you know, I shouldn't say that because I don't want it to sound like this. And I think that it just, it's, it's good to be aware, to have that awareness that your imposter syndrome, your fear will be there. It will manifest itself in a hundred ways. And so I like to, to work with my fear and work with my imposter syndrome and value my fear. Like my fear is a beautiful thing. Like I have fear, which makes me a human being, which gives me the ability to connect with others. If I didn't have fear, then I wouldn't be able to connect and communicate in the way that I do and love to do. And so I think that there's something beautiful about not shoving your fear out of the room or like squashing your imposter syndrome, but about really like grabbing your fear by the hand and saying like, I got you. It's, it's okay. And so if my fear is speaking to me, I have the power to speak back. So usually my fear, my imposter syndrome says, you know, who do you think you are to reach out to so-and-so I'll say, I'm curious or I'm interested. And then I'll always, I'll always be able to to hit send and you know this this most recent experience which i haven't felt in a while but this most recent experience which happened last week where my fear said oh i don't want it to sound i shouldn't say that because i don't want it to sound blank i don't want it to come off as and then i thought okay well if this person who's read this was a person i don't know at all so if this stranger to me reads this and thinks if if the worst possible scenario happens where he thinks that i am not qualified to be sending this email then first of all he would be wrong and second of all we probably wouldn't work well together anyway so it's it's like not it, it doesn't even matter and so and and so then my both my fear and my audacity are happy because we're like, okay, we just work together. Good. <laughs> wow. I love the way you said that. You said that so beautifully. And just the idea of, right, if it's not meant, like, believing that, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And so if he responds in, in the way that your fear is telling you that he will respond, then you don't want to work with him anyways. So it all works out for the best. So I love that. I want to get into this idea of paying attention. Mm. And how do you, because I think some of the blocks that I have experienced in the reach out party, and for those of you who don't know, who are listening, Carly hosts a reach out. Well, I'll let, I'll let you talk about the reach out party for a, a hot second before we talk about paying attention. But what is the reach out party? Okay, so I think this this will lead itself into paying attention beautifully because the reach out party is the the child of paying attention and it is, you know, really so the the other half of that story is 
after reading the book, having all these fabulous things happen in my life, I I actually started believing that the reach out practice was like an, a life changer and a way of life and just a whole incredible experience. And, and to have the whole experience was so wonderful for me. I just wanted to share it with everyone that I knew. So I started telling people about it and people were like, what do you mean you reach out every day? Who do you reach out to? And what do you say? And so I started just like telling people my experience. And then I, I told the author, I told Molly what I had done and I essentially said, listen, the the theater community is broken. And I think that this can save us. Like this is, you didn't write this for artists, but I think that I have the ability to transcribe this for artists. And I would love to be able to collaborate and work together to create something new. And she was thrilled to hear from me. And we got on a Zoom call, and after many, many different ideas, we, we came up with the Reach Out Party, which is 27 days of community where we spend 27 minutes in a Zoom room every weekday together, starting with a bit of inspiration that usually I pull from my morning sessions of, of inspiration and ideation. But uh, yeah, we start with a little inspiration, then there's actually time to reach out within the party. So it is not only a network in and of itself, just by joining the reach out party and being amongst other people who are excited about connecting, but it's a, a place for accountability and for possibility and, and incredible collaboration. And so that's the reach out party. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that. And I've now been in the Reach Out Party twice, and it is so nice to have a place like we were talking about with accountability partners. Like you have a community and, and a group that will keep you accountable, and you're doing the reach out in real time. And so you're not you're not second guessing yourself. You're trying to get that email done within 27 minutes, sending it out. And like you said, already then having a built-in network of people who understand this work and who get it. And I love what you also said in the, in the beginning that people would ask you, well, who do you reach out to and what do you say? Because I think people who aren't so familiar with this practice, I think that is their first question. And I think what I was starting to say earlier is that one of the blocks that I found myself come up with is who do I reach out to and what do I say? Those are like the two biggest questions. And when I'm in the party and doing the practice daily, that question is answered by paying attention and by the fact that I, I made a commitment to do a reach out today, so I'm going to reach out. Because I noticed that in my relationships with habit setting, I'm really good at setting a habit and doing that for the set amount of time. So whether it's 30 days, 60 days, I'm like, yep, I'll do it. I won't miss a day. And then once I've like completed the commitment to myself, or in this case, completed the 27 days of reaching out, I realize that I don't really reach out for that practice daily until I need it. And then it's like a skill, a tool that I've cultivated and put in my toolkit. But it's harder for me to reach out when I'm not in the practice of reaching out, when I'm not in the reach out party. So I guess, how would you answer the question who do you reach out to and what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this is obviously the most popular question. And I think it is really like there's that scarcity mindset 
of, I don't know who I'd reach out to. And even if I did, I don't even know what I'd say. Hmm. Of course, you're going to come up blank every time. And then there's that like sort of possibility mindset where literally everything and everyone is a reach out and there are a hundred things to say. (laughs) And so... (laughs) I, I like to like live in between those, which is, which makes it easy for me to like seek out and be strategic about the people I'm reaching out to and also get really specific on like what, what I actually do want to communicate to these people. And first of all, if you're looking to get started, I mean, the reach out party is a great place to be because if you are feeling that accountability fatigue in this time, and you need someone to like expect you to show up, I'm your girl and you should come join. But if you, what, something that's great about this is that if you have access to this podcast and if you have access to the internet and to email, reaching out is free. Like it is free <laughs> and you should start today or tomorrow. And the, the way I started is that I, you know, I just, sort of sat down with a notebook and a pen. And I thought, okay, who are, I tried to write down 14 names. That was like the challenge I gave to myself. And really I just started with, you ever, you ever have the experience where you're, where you think of someone or your mom's cousin's friend like knows someone who is like, oh, she would, you guys should talk. And you think for a split second, you're like, oh, I should reach out to that person. And then you don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's like another just like human thing. So I started there. I was like, who have I been meaning, quote unquote, meaning to reach out to that I haven't yet for whatever reason? And I put down their names. And then I just, and then I, you know, I, I started there, started small and that got me through, let's say my first five, 10 days where I was just sort of getting my feet wet and practicing. And then, you know, I started thinking whose work do I, do I just love right now? I need a little joy in my life. Like what podcast do I love? What content do I just like wait for religiously newsletters, like any, anything that you love TV shows, like Shit's Creek. I don't know what you're into these days, but like, that's what I'm into right now. But, you know, I just started thinking who, who, what, what content do I love? And I just wrote those down. And then I started thinking, what small businesses do I love? What organizations am I obsessed with? Who do I buy from? Like who, who are the people I buy makeup from? I don't know. Just writing down brands, literally anything that I was obsessed with, I wrote it down. And then what I realized is that behind everything I love is a person or a team of people who make that thing. So behind every book I love is an author. Behind every, you know, behind the makeup that I buy is like a team of people who work really hard to make it possible for me to buy that. And, and so everything became a reach out. And I, everywhere you look, there, there a reach out can come from it. And you know, that may be, may sound overwhelming, but even if you can't think of people that you've been meaning to reach out to, look around your room right now. Do you see a book? Do you see like artwork on your wall? There's an artist who made that. Who is that person? And, and tell them that your, their art is on your wall. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it is everywhere. Okay. I love this so much because I'm really seeing the parallels, but between the reach out practice 
and the same path that I've taken during my creative and spiritual practice. Because mm. I think during my creative path, whenever I was feeling really stuck, not really knowing where to go next, kind of dealing with some of these creative blocks that we've mentioned previously, the spiritual practice that I tried to live by is follow your highest excitement. So follow your desires, like your desires are speaking to you. So thinking about the reach out practice and thinking about what do you love? What, what are you excited by? What, what content do you love? That's where you find the paths of the reach out. And so it's so cool to see those totally parallel and connect. Yeah, absolutely. I I love this. And I think that it is such a a great practice to adapt, even if you don't connect these to reach outs. I mean, like like you're saying, this is just such a, a beautiful way to live is to be curious because I believe that it just leads to just so much so many more moments of of joy and purpose. And, you know, in, in Molly's book, she doesn't talk about this stuff. Like paying attention is nowhere in the book. And it, you know, Molly's a person who already sort of had a network when she started, but didn't really love her network. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was reaching out to people who were like maybe, maybe coworkers or maybe like a couple years above her to ask for advice in, in her like large company that she worked at. And I think for, for the freelancers, for the artists out there, it can feel like you're so um, alone. And I certainly felt like that because I really had no network, not even a network I didn't like. And I had no direction. Like I had no sort of list of people who I should be reaching out to. So I think this practice, what, what it really did for me was was allow me to exercise my creativity in a new way, my curiosity in a new way. And, and, feel like a collaborator with others, even if I, you know, technically was working alone. Mm, yeah, I love that. Are there any other creative practices that you do for yourself, for your career? What other things do you love to do? And, and what gives you kind of that same feeling of connection and community and presence? Mm. Well, right now I'm really obsessed with my morning coffee routine mm. and it actually like gives me joy to like wake up in the morning. For, like I lay in bed at night and get excited to wake up in the morning because I get to make my coffee and it's like, it takes a long time and it's just like ridiculous and like too much, but it's, I used to use a Keurig and it's just like, I love it so much. And so finding a simple thing that you love, I think is so valuable and something that maybe takes a little bit more time, but something that you can really be present with. I like literally stand over the burner and like watch it come out of the thing. And like I, I spoon in the coffee grounds and it's, it is a ritual and just having that to look forward to. It's not the actual coffee that I think is so amazing, but the feeling of being excited to wake up in the morning that is amazing. And this time, it having it be so isolating and so shattering to so many people, myself included, really, to, to be excited to wake up in the morning is a truly beautiful thing. So that's one thing I'm obsessed with right now. And then I also would say for my, for my business, 
and for and for my own brain, but really for my business, I write everything down. I mean, a lot of people ask me like, how do you remember so many quotes and like passages from books? And I don't really, I love to listen to podcasts and to read or like listen to an audiobook when I'm walking my dog. But if it's like a really great episode that I need to like write some shit down so I can remember it, I will pause that episode and I will wait until I'm sitting in front of my computer or my legal pad to write it down because I, I truly believe that if you were ingesting inspiration without writing down specific things, it's like having like a leaky pot. Like there's just like a hole in the bottom of the pot and you're pouring inspiration in and then it like drips out the back. And so I believe the key to at least my success during this time where I am in charge of creating like a fair amount of content every week is plugging that hole and being able to actually collect inspiration and write it all down and think, okay, how do these things now connect? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been like an absolute key to my success in my business. That's such a great piece of advice too, because I think most people when they're listening to a podcast or now audiobooks are so popular, which I am so against. If audiobooks work for you, that's great. But for me, it doesn't work because it encourages me to multitask. And when I'm multitasking, that's when I'm not really giving that thing its full, the full attention that it needs. And like you said, if you're listening, you know, I listen to podcasts when I'm working or when I'm doing something else, but just to like sit and receive the, in, like the inspiration, you are creating those pathways that then, you know, your work is all about like connecting and connecting the dots. And mm -hmm. so I feel like in order to do that, you have to be present and give, give the thing the attention that it deserves. Right. Yeah. I love sharing creative resources. And so I always ask people what things that I feel like we've already talked about this a little bit, but like, what content are you listening to? What's inspiring you right now? And I've been super excited to ask you this question because I know you are like the resource queen as well as the reach out queen. And so I'm sure you have a wealth of knowledge and there's all these things on your website too, which are amazing to go check out. But what are you currently inspired by? Hmm. Oh man, I'm currently inspired by data and and data visualization. I'm currently inspired by a lot of like concept analysis. And so I've been reading a lot of things that are just like beyond what I thought that was, was possible for me to like ingest into my brain like a year ago, for example. But I, I think it's interesting because it, it is really about that practice of, of connecting like concepts that are that are like each other and that are different from each other and that just sparks me but I really I love anything that is visual so I'm like obsessed with mind maps I love right I love Rachel Rogers podcast she's just like an incredible voice for women and women of color and I'm just like obsessed with her I love I love Nike commercials whenever oh I- Oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're, you're surprising me right now. I love this. <laughs> when, 
Whenever I'm feeling down, I actually have like a list on um, like my notes app called cool resources. And whenever I'm feeling like uninspired or sort of like in a dip, I'll just watch the You Can't Stop Us Nike commercial and it just like fires me up. I love Letters to a Young Artist by Anna Devere Smith. I love the moth. I love like the moth story hour story slams. I love the moth books. I love TED Talks. Specifically, Derek Sivers has a TED Talk that's like three minutes long. Um, and it's like, it's about how to really like build momentum with what you're, what you're doing with your idea. It's fantastic. I think it's called How to Start a Movement. I love anybody or anything that combines art and science and I love people who are experimenting with new ideas. I love Brene Brown. Her podcast is incredible. And I, I love, what else do I love? I mean, that's already an amazing list. So we'll definitely put all of that in the show notes. I was going to mention, I was thinking about you earlier today as we were preparing for this interview. And I was thinking about how you are someone that A, surprises me but B intrigues me because I think you are one of the only people I know that have such an amazing balance of both right and left brain. Like, I feel like people, you know, are either really left brained or really right brain, but you are like both, you are best of both worlds. Like the fact that you love anything combining art and science, where does this love of science come from? And how does that, like, what is that? That's so fascinating to me. Wow, that is truly the best compliment. Thank you. Well, I think my goal in life is just to like be be like a, a happy surprise to people. I think that's like, isn't that just the best when you're like pleasantly surprised by something or someone? And yeah. so I try and go after that feeling as much as possible. But yeah, you know, I I found theater and art really sort of later in in my life. I was not a spiritual or um, religious child. I was not involved in art, anything art related until high school. No one in my family is an artist. So I grew up with, you know, I grew up with entrepreneurs and personal trainers and lawyers and, you know, recruiters and marketers. And so, you know, when I I had a friend in high school who I had to take an art credit for high school and she convinced me to try theater and I loved it because I love the people and I just found that so many people were so curious and it, it gave me that feeling of, of wonder and as a high school student I think that's very valuable because high school sucks and so I followed that feeling of wonder and I, you know, I told my parents, I really want to go to school for, for theater. And they initially, they were like, no, you can't do that. That's not a good idea. But after, you know, talking to them more and more about it, they were like, okay, well, if that's what you want to do and you want to go into debt and, and do that, then whatever, it's your life. And I did. And it really, it allowed me to meet some people that I had never never even known existed. Mm. And so I think it was a really, a cool realization that like, wow, there's so much out there in the world. And I, the, the place that I came from is a really, really sturdy foundation for me, but I really just, I'm in love with 
that gray area and that unknown and living in that in between. And, you know, when I was in high school, I, I took physics, I took like an honors physics course and course class. And I told I was, I just loved it. I wasn't, I don't know that I was like necessarily that great at it, but I loved physics because I felt like it was very artistic. It was super visual and it was all about like storytelling and problem solving. And I told my teacher that I thought that I, I would want to take AP physics. I wanted to keep going. And he said, you know, I don't think that's a great idea. I don't think that physics is really a place for like artistic people like you. You should stick with stick with what you're, you know, doing. And I I didn't take it cuz at the time, I mean, I didn't take I didn't take it, but I always think about that and about how so many people, especially in the generation and generations above us, they're really, it's like you choose one path and then you go for that one path. I don't blame my teacher at all, but something that that actually made me realize is no, you can do both. You can do anything and, and also everything and whatever is most interesting to you, that is where you will find success. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I think I really relate to that because I'm a very multi-passionate person as well. And it's hard sometimes when you think that you have to put yourself in a box and you mm-hmm. know that's what people have done before and and they say that's what works if you want to be successful but i so agree with that statement that if you follow your desires if you pay attention if you follow what interests you and what you love you will find your purpose and your path and your passion and that will automatically lead you to success because that's just the way the world works. At least I hope. I mean, so far in my experience, it's been true. And it sounds like it's been true for you as well. Yeah, I think, you know, something that's really just been on my mind the past week or so is I asked the question in the reach out party last week, what is your personal motto? Mm -hmm. And I started to think about mine. And, you know, I, I think that right now, what I, what I would share for, for myself and for others maybe listening up to this point is you're on to something. Like whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you're on to something. And you will find what you're looking for only if you keep going in the direction that you're going. Only if you just lean a little bit further into it. If you just, you know, open up your eyes and sit down and do the research or do do the work for the thing that you're a hundred percent into because once you just lean into it it'll it'll make itself clear yeah that's such good advice thank you you are so full of full of all the nuggets and you're just beautiful and lastly where can people find you if they're interested in the reach out party how can they find out more you can find anything and everything on carlyvalancy.com and you can find me on Instagram, Carly Valancey. And I would really, really love to hear from you. Yes, reach out to Carly. She's the best. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carly. I love you so much. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Creative Soul Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to send it to a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at the underscore modern mermaid with your thoughts. And if you would be so kind to rate and review the podcast, I would love to gift you my guided writing meditation that will help you connect deeper to yourself, 
your creativity, and your spirituality. Just take a screenshot of the review and send it my way at the underscore modern mermaid, and I will send over the meditation. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.